Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have a special guest, Jason Julius of Coffee Junkies and Pizza Junkies. A good friend of mine who's been on the show, Eric Allen, introduced us. And so we're just kind of going to talk a little bit and uh, you know get to know each other. Jason, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you being here, my friend. The brother, thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. Awesome. So for people that don't know you, like I read a little bit of the about on your website and all, but tell us a little bit about how you even got into doing pizza junkies and coffee junkies. Like I love pizza and I love coffee. Those are like two of my favorite things. So give us a little bit of the backstory and all behind that. Well, uh, I mean, so, I mean, honestly, when the whole inspiration in general, honestly, came from the loss of my son, um, it was a it was something that I had been chewing on for a long time. And, and when I lost him after his three year battle with cancer, it was uh, honestly it wasn't a building. And if they come, they will come. It was a I'm grieving and I fear what's going to happen to me if I don't focus on something else. So I threw myself into entrepreneurship. Um, but what got me started was that I working inside of Chrysler and I had a guy that was carrying in this this little cup of coffee and he was telling me how he was paying me or paying four dollars for it uh mm-hmm. and that was when i got introduced to espresso and i'm like well wait a minute this isn't this isn't your mom and dad's mom and pop coffee or 50 cent cup anymore if somebody's willing to pay four dollars for a small cup of liquid there's there's profit there yeah. um but he but he talked me into burning a vacation and going out to a coffee expo and that's where i tried my first latte and and when she charged me $4.35, it was like, I didn't even care how it tasted. I was happy to pay the money because, because I was out there to learn. But, uh, but after that vacation, it was something that I went back to my job at Chrysler and, and I kind of shoot my brain chewed on it over the years, but it was, it was a brainchild for a good decade, mm-hmm. uh, up until I just jumped in and, and created coffee junkies. Uh, and then about eight years into my entrepreneurial journey, uh, I had bought out a competitor and uh, one of the pieces of the property on the lot that I, I had bought came with a little test kitchen. So mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to take all the lessons that I had learned over the last eight years and apply it to a new brand. Uh, and that's where Pizza Junkies was born out of a little test kitchen. Uh, and uh, honestly, it was I didn't know how it was going to go uh, because I remember that it took me a couple of years to really get coffee junkies off the ground. But, uh, mm-hmm. but Pizza Junkies took off. Like in the beginning, just like straight up, I couldn't, uh, it, it, there was no along the runway. It, <laughs> it like, I mean, total lift off from the day that we opened the doors. Uh, and then I got this bright idea just cause I was willing to test. And I was like, I wonder what, what they would look like together. Uh, so I moved it out of the test kitchen and moved it into the main operation. And, and that was where the, the dual brand under one roof concept was born. Uh, and a year later, we won best business uh, out of the Howard County Chamber of Commerce. And a year later, I'm opening up a proof of concept to prove that I can successfully operate in a whole separate community. And yeah, it was uh, I mean, it's it was kind of a people are like, is it a coffee shop or is it a pizza place? And I'm like, yeah, it's both. Uh, but from a business perspective, it was brilliant because it's solid revenue from opening at 6 a.m. where the coffee's really selling. And, and then when you would think coffee would start to slow down, that's where the pizza kicks in. Uh, and then we're doing solid revenue until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And uh, as a business model, everything just started to make sense. Labor, managing your 
your time and your labor hours in general that yeah honestly it was just me being crazy and willing to test and and find something that actually worked and and at the end of the day i know that there's not a lot of originality that can be had in the coffee or pizza industry it's kind of a just innovation yeah uh, but i know of no Buddy that has been crazy enough to try and put a coffee shop at a pizza place under one roof. Uh, so I do feel like I kind of tapped into a little bit of originality and and then made it successfully where they work well with each other. The, the coffee side, coffee junkies runs the front of the house and pizza junkies runs the back of the house uh, and, and they work well with each other. And it was a it took a couple of years to integrate them and get them to work well with each other. But uh, but it turned out to be a a match made in food and beverage heaven, as I said. Yeah, no, I love it. Like, like I said, I love coffee. I will get, I have an espresso machine at home and I live down here in Texas. So I have an espresso machine. My wife bought me and I drink coffee all the time. I'm like a coffee addict and my favorite fast food type of thing is pizza. So like for me, that would be great. So if you decide to do one down here, I'm in, I'll come and I'll, I'll definitely check it out. But you said a lot of really cool things there. And first and foremost, my condolences there, there's, that's totally hard um, with the loss of your son with that. So, and I'm trying to understand, did you, were you an entrepreneur, like had the entrepreneur spirit from like the get go? Or were you like, cause like I grew up in Michigan in the Midwest and I was working in a factory and doing that whole thing. And then I ended up having my life changing moment where I moved and got more into the entrepreneurial space. Were you, are you more like, were you like into sales and entrepreneurial stuff when you were younger or did you just kind of after that event, move into that or how did that work and i'm gonna be honest on that end of it uh, because even today I, I don't view myself as, as sales uh it's the service aspect of it uh, brother i could my my entire background is blue collar uh my, my my grandfather and my father i mean their work ethic and uh and i'm a high school dropout it was and it wasn't i just didn't have an interest in education at that time in my life mm -hmm. but i had a huge desire to work uh, yep. So I was never afraid to get my hands dirty and get in it. Uh, I do recall that that in my early 20s, I, I found my way into a couple multi-level marketing systems. Uh, so I, I recognize that ambition and drive in general. Um, but but no, my, my whole background is a blue collar, manual labor, working background. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say that so... Uh, my dream job, because I realized my brain that, that I had a little bit more brain power there is I wanted to grow, grow inside of Chrysler in the plant. Uh, so I ran to be a union rep. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I was elected, uh, then I took over the largest district in the largest local of Chrysler. And I was like, I can now use my brain beyond using my hands. Yeah. Uh, but my son was diagnosed with cancer 30 days after I was elected. Uh, and he died 30 days before re-election uh, and I didn't get re-elected. Um, but I had spent the last three years really utilizing my brain. Uh, so when I had to go back to the floor and quit using my brain and just be more manual labor in the grief of everything was when it was driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I hearkened back to the times where in the, the multi-level marketing and back to that that cup of coffee that you could sell for four dollars uh and then that's when my brain really attached to to entrepreneurship and it was like i knew that it was a challenge uh but i also felt like everything that i'd endured over the last three years like like i could take on anything if i could survive that and i knew it was an opportunity for me to use my brain mm -hmm. um 
what I wasn't prepared for was what, what entrepreneurship truly is. Uh, because going through all of that stuff with my son, we just had to endure. The, the, the doctor said, this is what we're going to do. You just need to sign the paperwork and endure. Uh, well, entrepreneurship is about the buck stops at you. Yep. You make all of the decisions uh, and everybody knows. And it was a, a completely different level of responsibility that I wasn't prepared for, where I thought because I survived that piece of my life that that there was nothing else life could throw at me that would be harder. And man, was I kidding myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. like entrepreneurship is way harder uh, than even enduring that. Because I mean, I represented 500 people while doing all of this. I was a full-time in-house lawyer. Um, mm -hmm. But that pressure, even I thought that pressure would prepare me. It, it gave me a, a, a thick skin. It gave me talents and abilities to apply to entrepreneurship. Uh, but there's just nothing that can prepare you for the real weight and pressure of the buck totally stops at you and you don't eat if you don't work uh, and having to make those life's decisions of you don't eat first either. Your employees right. have to be paid. I mean, the, the rent, the utilities have to be paid. Your vendors have to be paid. And, and it's just a huge level of responsibility and pressure that that's where they say if it was as easy as it looks, everybody would be doing it. And it's it's the failure rate is is a real statistic that 99 percent fail because it is uh, the deck is stacked against you and, and it's not easy. No, not at all. Yeah. Like I was just at an event last week and uh, one of the speakers there named Alex Sharpton said entrepreneurs are the weird ones that go into the future where there's nothing, create something and bring it back. And I, I think. For me, because I've been going along the thing, I, I call it sales to me is like entrepreneur like, meaning that I don't have the overhead, but if I don't sell, I don't need if I don't. So it kind of gives me like a balance in between the two. But um, no, I and I get that because I'm just thinking about it, going from that grief, that loss. And then you said that helped you at least get through that process. Was that just having something that you were just so focused on that you didn't have to process the other can you walk us through that a little bit? Because that, that's something that I know a lot of people deal with, for sure. Well, and that's the, because I mean, in entrepreneurship, you see a lot of people talking about mindset, but but in life, you don't see a lot of like, there's nobody out there really talking about a healthy mindset. Um, well, that's where I go back to my father, where uh, my the, the, the mindset that got me through things was when you have problems and we're all going to have problems, you work through them. The, the key word is work. Yep. Um, so I knew that entrepreneurship was was giving me something for my brain to wrap around, and it was going to give me an extreme level of work. And what most people like when, when a tragedy happens, everybody always they spend their time thinking about the right thing to say. Well, there is no right thing that you can say, um, and the only thing it time doesn't heal. Time just puts space and, and it numbs and in the midst of it it's what does that individual do while they're going through it and, and I had a lot of people that I say a lot but I had a couple of people that really kind of blew me a little bit of flack about that that was unhealthy and I'm like well I, I don't think that it was unhealthy I was afraid of what was going to happen to my mind I was afraid of what was I, I still had his friends I still had responsibilities with with my wife and my daughter, 
and I was afraid that that my brain would deteriorate. Honestly, I was afraid due to the grief that I'd end up in a cardboard box doing drugs, rotting away just out of the grief. Uh, and I knew that this would give my mind something to wrap around. And I've just always believed we're always going to have problems. Change is inevitable. You might as well embrace it. And you work through your problems. Uh, and and I that's why entrepreneurship is good for me. Because I work seven days a week. And I'm happy to work seven days a week. Uh, most people just want to do a nine to five job and then leave the job at the door. My brain is always in overdrive. Uh, so entrepreneurship has been really healthy for me because there's always something to work on. Yeah, no, I love that. And if you heard the dog bark in the background, I tried to mute it out. Sorry. No, and, and I get that process because it works for you. And like I grew up, like I said, in Michigan, blue collar, working since I was 14. Like for me, so like putting myself, throwing myself into it. And I think for men as well, 100%. We don't. Yeah, like I understand that whole pushing through and getting that done. Um, and I commend you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because men do things together. Women sometimes, and this is no slam on anyone. Don't take this wrong. Women like to talk. Sometimes men like to do things together. And when we have a problem, we want to have something to throw ourselves into. So totally get that. Um, so you got the coffee business going. What made you think of going into the pizza? Like, I know we briefly touched on it, but coffee and pizza are different. And again, I'm a fan because I love coffee and love pizza. But did you just like have an epiphany one day or how did you get that? The second concept besides, or is it just the entrepreneur and you're like, well, this works. So I tested this and now that works. So I'm going to do it. Well, I mean, I want to, let me unpack that a little bit. So, uh, I mean, the short answer on where did it come from? Um, so, you know, as a kid, like I said, 14 working full time till I could get enough money to get a moped to work a little further away till I could get a job because I had a, a license. Uh, I actually applied and was hired as a pizza delivery driver the day before I actually got my license. So my <laughs> first job, once I got a car, was to deliver pizza. Uh, and I loved the freedom of the driving to deliver and the money was good. And you turn up the radio and just be a kid. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I got 12 points on my license, like in the first six months. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> They don't let 16-year-olds yeah. deliver pizzas anymore. Yeah. Um, but the point being, uh, that was where I, when I, in the entrepreneurial side, when I wanted to apply it to something else, I, I, I had worked for pizza places. So I had a good frame of reference and I, I had a little bit of knowledge about the pizza industry as a whole. Um, but it wasn't so much that, that in the food business, um, generally, if you look at any food establishment, like they're known for a specific something. And it either sells really well at lunch and then they get a hit on dinner or they get a little bit of a hit on lunch and it sells really well on dinner. Yeah. Uh, well, I was looking at it strategically and saying the business that I built um, mastered specialty beverages so I could do high ticket sales just on the beverage side of the business. Well, I took that entire concept and then I applied it to the food side of the business so that the food side of the business was able to pull a high ticket sale. So they could stand on their own equally, but when they were combined together, then I could pull very much above average ticket sales. So it was the business side of it going, if I apply the same principles that I applied to the coffee menu, to the pizza menu, and I can make them work together, uh, then, then it would be a good 
business match. My head understood the business principles about in best case scenario, this could really work. Well, uh, the risk, again, as it was, or it could flop and people just tell me that I'm crazy, but you're not going to find out if you don't test and find right. out one way or the other. So, so I did, I, I've been willing to test. So, I mean, to the point that, that I almost broke the business several times and bankrupt myself. Um, but you're not going to know if you won't test. And I've always been a very stubborn individual where mm -hmm. I didn't want to take people's words for it. I wanted to find out for myself because, uh, because not, nine out of 10 times, somebody else is going to be right, but it's going to be that one time, man, that you're just going to, you're going to hit a home run and, and everybody will have said, you can't do it. And, and, and again, I come back to that. Where do you get that fuel? My initial fuel was proving other people wrong. I have made a career out of proving other people wrong. Uh, my mindset has taken me to more of a grateful place where I'm just happy to prove myself right. Uh, yeah. And that's where I feel like I'm developing and growing in my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, no, and I love that because like, and I agree with you, a lot of people start out, like when I first started doing sales and stuff, I was like, I'm going to prove that I can do this. I'm going to beat these people. This person is not going to beat me. But now I'm to the point of, okay, cool. What can, who can I help? How can I grow things? But you said something that's super key that a lot of people listening need to hear. You tested things out. You're willing to risk. It wasn't the safe road, but the safe road doesn't get you the payday, doesn't get you the business, doesn't get you the dreams that you want. So I commend you 100% for there. Let's dig a little bit deeper in mindset because you mentioned it a few times. Are you a proponent of like reading books and like connecting with people or how did you build your mindset? Uh, well, I mean, to, to, to hit on that last piece of it, I realized a long time ago where I say, um, if you don't have quality of life, life is not worth living. Uh, well, then I started digging deeper into that when I, I saw a thing on TV where they were talking about people in jail that were going insane because they were they were being locked up by themselves. And I'm like, yeah, connectivity is what humanity is all about. So connection and relationships are what make for a good high quality of life, which means appreciating that connectivity and those relationships and putting them above most everything else. Uh, I will say, though, that those are like internal realizations that I came to conclusions as I was trying to be introspective. Uh, but when it comes to the mindset and, and picking up that vocabulary and understanding all of that, I noticed that every time that I went back to a hardcore regimen of reading, I grew mentally and my business benefited from it over the long run. And mm -hmm. I can look at some of the harder times in my business development and, and there was a parallel when I got away from reading. And every time I found my way back to reading, then the business started to do better. And I felt more mentally healthy because I was waking up every day and reading. And, uh, and in the last three years, I have been able to, I, for whatever reason, I picked up this habit of I would wake up and I would start my day drinking three cups of coffee. Well, at some point, I picked up a book. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know what, this is a great habit to introduce into my life where I wake up every day and I look forward to waking up now because I know that I'm going to feed my brain and I'm going to read while I'm drinking my three cups. That ends up being somewhere between 20, 30 pages. 
and I will say that, I mean, I picked up, a, here's a pro tip for you because this blew my mind. I read a book and this guy says, pro tip, if you listen to the audio book while you're reading the book, you will sharpen your focus, your retention will double and you will the expeditiously speed through the book so he did that, and I'm like, it was a sales tactic for him. But yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give this a try. So I bought the audio book, dude. In three cups of coffee, I read a hundred pages. Oh, yeah, and my retention was twice because having to listen and read, I, my brain was not able to break away from the focus. Mm -hmm. So now I've literally tripled the amount of reading I'm doing inside of my three cups of coffee. And I am smoking through books and I love it. It is such a great habit. And, and, and I've, it's been some books on marketing, some books on tactical, some books on mindset. Um, I have been able to span the gamut of all of the different things that as an entrepreneur, you need to be feeding your brain in all of these different areas. Uh, because searching out coaching, which everybody should do, it's expensive. Uh, yeah. And all of that knowledge can be started in books and let those books guide you down the right, right paths. Uh, and yeah, I just, I cannot, I, I, from my perspective in my life, if, if I had people that looked at me in high school, they would never even look at me and think that I would be willing to pick up a book because I hated school. I hated books. I didn't like, it wasn't going to teach me nothing. I was ready to work. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like last year, 60 books this year. I know I will do at least 120 books because I, I am, it's that mindset of scarcity or abundance mm -hmm. where most people would say, well, if you pay 20 bucks for a book, man, you're, you're going to pay $20 for the audio book too. Well, they're worried about losing that money. I'm not worried about losing 40 bucks. Right. I'm thinking I'm going to read this book in, three times the amount of time so that I can get on to the next book. So I'm literally, instead of reading a book a week, I'm going to read three to four books a week. My learning curve is being shortened. And yeah, it cost me twice. I had to buy the book twice, once on Audible or whatever listening right. platform and once in hardcover. But I am accumulating information at three times the rate. And I'm not worried about paying 40 bucks. Because I can always go back and reread and re-listen on the audio side to revisit the overall. Uh, I'm looking for expeditious ways to shorten that learning curve. And I have just fallen in love with learning. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and you're collapsing time, which is key for an entrepreneur, for anyone in business and sales. I've actually, you're the second or third person that's told me that. So it's probably going to be something I need to actually do. Because like I read like, I read a lot, but I don't do it with the audio. So like if that trick works, that's a, that's a good, good example. What books would you recommend? Like you've been reading a lot of books. Do you have any books that come to mind that you would just recommend? Oh man, I, I got a ton of them. Um, but a lot of the, it just comes down to like at what stage you're in. Uh, like I'll be the first to say that if you are at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey or you're thinking about entrepreneurship, uh, you should read Patrick Bet David's Your Next Five Moves. Uh, if you are in entrepreneurship, okay, well, entrepreneurship and business is all about systems. So you should be reading uh, EMIC Revisited. 
which reads like a brick. Like I, I did not have any love <laughs> reading the book. Um, but then go to Ray Dalio's Like and Work Principles. The book is called Principles, and it is a wonderful book as far as business and how to look at business itself. Um, but I mean, man, I, I could rattle off 20 different books that uh, uh, Atomic Habits. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's there are, are so many books out there that it just comes down to what you're actually looking to get into for the purposes of reading that, that themselves. Um, it just comes down to the what you're looking to teach yourself in general. Um, I'm sitting there going, there's. Yeah, I'm looking over here and it's like uh, the speed of trust is another really good one uh, that, uh, that uh, I mean, it's just a general principle that I try and hop operate in very high character. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm a demanding person. I'm not always the most pleasant person to deal with because I know I can be intense. Yeah. But people know that it, my word is my bond and that they can trust doing business with me. They trust that if I say it, I will do it. And it allows me to move further faster. Uh, and reading that book just kind of tied things together for me to understand that, uh, that trust is a huge piece of business because you're building your reputation. And, uh, and I've long said that, uh, I mean, my name and my word are all I've got. Mm -hmm. and, and I protect them fiercely because it's what has, like when I have gotten into my worst, when I have screwed up so bad that I needed help, the people that stepped in to help me, it's because they trusted that when I said that I was good for my word, that I would follow through with it. Even if it meant that, that I was going to endure pain in that moment, they knew that I was good for my word. So they stepped in and helped when I really needed their help because I didn't do it. I've so long said, I'm not self-made. It took many people's help in order to get me where I am. Uh, what I am is an autodidact. I am self-taught. Uh, all of my learning and education was total internal personal will. Uh, but man, it took so many people to help me to get me where I am. Yeah, no. And I like that. I like that a lot. I love that you gave one for the people just starting out in the middle. And then like I have not read the, the last one you mentioned, but I heard him on uh, David Beth's show. When he was talking, he had like a video that was pretty good. Yep. It was, uh, it's Stephen Covey's son that wrote the book. Uh, and honestly, I haven't read uh, his father's book yet. It, it's on my, I've got to put, I've got a whole row of books of everything that I've read. And then I've got a big stack of books that every time I finish a book, then I, I scan my list of titles that I'm looking to move on to the next book. Uh, and I just haven't read his father's book yet, but I mean, but it's solid, solid book. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I buy books. My wife buys yarn. It's yeah. kind of the little thing. We get little groups and she's like, you bought another book. I bought, you bought more yarn. You know, <laughs> you got to have something that that works for you there. So um, are you looking to franchise your business or are you going to expand more? I know you have the location at Kokomo and in Indianapolis right now. So if you're yeah. in the area, go check it out. Pizza and coffee. You can't miss. Oh, no, that's I know. Go to coffeejunkies.com or pizzajunkies.com i think that uh, you'll be pretty that when it comes to that like when i first opened up uh it didn't take me but a month to realize that starbucks are creating their own language like mm -hmm. literally they own the word frappuccino uh so it was like okay you can play at this game 
So 80% of my menu is specialty beverage concoctions that we created and then individually branded them so that you could only actually get them from us. Uh, And then when I saw the success of that, then I applied the same thing to my pizza menu as well. 80% of that menu is personally branded to individual products. Um, But going back to your original question, I intended on franchising in 2020. uh, And we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah. Um, So I braced for impact. I didn't know what was going to happen. We were food and beverage. We had a drive through. So they forced me to shut down my insights, but I kept my drive through open. Uh, We started curbside service for contactless and contactless delivery. Um, Once we cleared all of that in 2020, then I reached out to my uh, my franchise reps. And in 2021, we started developing all the franchise documents. Uh, I didn't, it was like, I almost felt like I wanted to say I'm pandemic proof. And I, I don't know that that's the, I'm not leading with that, yeah, but I'm you. saying we did survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing to deal with was that the way this country operated and things that, uh, that the powers that be decided decisions they were going to make up uh, 2021 was dealing with the supply chain breaking. Yeah. Uh, but in the background, we were still able to produce and develop all of our documents where uh, in February, we officially announced that we had all of our documents together. Uh, and I have just now started to advertise that we are offering our franchise opportunity. Uh, and I told my franchise reps that I thought that I had uh, the best food and beverage franchise opportunity out there because of the structure of the business. And I think he kind of was like, yeah, whatever. He deals with other franchises uh, until the leads started coming in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these leads have been very high quality leads. So I, I just I believe that I have the best franchise opportunity in the food and beverage industry. And I think over the next year, uh, the nation is going to see that because I I will say that my conviction, the day that I opened Coffee Junkies, November 8th of 2005, not only was that the scariest day of my life, flipping on the open sign. But I knew I was building a national brand the day that I flipped on my open sign. Uh, and the, the America will know about coffee junkies and pizza junkies on a national level very soon uh, because I believe I've really got a solid business plan. And I've got something that, uh, you know, I like Howard Schultz built Starbucks by being able to come across hundreds of millions of dollars and. And as a blue collar guy, I didn't kid myself. I knew I would never be able to come across that kind of capital. Yeah. Uh, franchising is my vehicle to do that. Uh, and yes, that's uh, coffee junkies and pizza. Jun- In my mind, it's already a national brand with a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand locations. We're just in the building process. It just hasn't gotten there yet. But uh, but I'm diligently working towards it every day. I love it. And I love your conviction of it. And the concept makes sense to me, like, because as a salesperson, it, that's how my mind works. You have the mornings covered, you have lunch covered when people are starting to eat and still want their coffee. Then you have the evening covered with the good, like any other franchise type of thing is either really good in the morning or really good in the afternoon. This is, this is solid. Like I, I give you high recommendations. Like I said, if you get down here to the Dallas Fort Worth area, I looked at the menu cause I like pizza. We have no good Chicago style pizza down here. At all. They think it is. They're not. It's not that way. So um, what other parting words of wisdom would you like to leave with my audience? 
parting words of wisdom. I really, uh, I, I mean, I've got to go back to the mindset, man. Um, when I when, when I was experiencing my most pain, like it sucked. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I just had this overly healthy mindset back then. Um, but I look to the other side of it and I have so much appreciation for what I went through because you, you don't learn by wins, at least not well. You Pain causes learning and lessons or it can cause you to be a victim and blame, but that, that that's not healthy. That doesn't get you anywhere right. in life. Um, so I look back at that pain with just a huge admiration and appreciation for going through all of that because it made me who I am today. And I have so much appreciation for, for all of the knowledge and the wisdom that I've gained that could have only been gained by going through that pain. Uh, and I just feel like if more people would find that mindset earlier, uh, maybe it wouldn't be as painful if they were actually going through it and understanding this is part of life. Like change is inevitable. Embrace it or it's going to go against you and learn from every second because that's the biggest thing that had I known then what I know now, I would have paid so much more attention to what I was going through in the moment at every step, all the way back to just paying attention to the processes that I was working in in Shoney's in my first job and how they changed when I went to Ryan's Steakhouse and then how they changed when I went to Outback. Like, I wish that I could remember more about the systems and the processes and procedures. But you know what? I was just a kid and I was trained and do what and I did what I was supposed to do. But business is built on systems. Mm -hmm. I had the ability to work for some companies that uh, their systems work and they were able to duplicate. Um, the best part of that, though, is that I worked at Chrysler uh, for 14 years uh, and those, and I so many lessons that I that I, that I learned in mass manufacturing that I was able to apply to my business now. And it was because that was all very fresh in my mind. I could go back and reflect on that. Mm -hmm. I just wish that I could go back and reflect on the, the 10 years before that when I wasn't really paying attention. I was just doing the labor and working because I wanted to make money. Yeah. I well, wish people, people should be more conscious, even if they don't love it, of what they're in the middle of because it is building blocks and sooner or later all of those lessons you learn they're applicable they can be applied to something later on in life yeah no i love that thank you again jason for being on the show and for all of you listening share this episode with someone that needs it and until next time have an amazing awesome week